0: People then typically go from, oh, they've got a dream, they've got some goals, they're going to make a plan. I think that's wrong. I think the first thing that that person that you mentioned has got the idea, first thing they need to do is to actually figure out what do they need to learn, what new skills, what new capabilities, who do they need to become, actually, in many ways, different person that they're going to become, version 2.0 of themselves. <laughs> Once they've got, their, got the dreams, they've got the goals, they figure out who they need to be and what they need to learn, then put the plan in place, and then take action. So it's a little bit of a... Yeah, you know, it might sound a bit formulaic, but I think that gives them the best chance of success because it takes that great idea they've got and puts it into the context of
1: where they want to be and how they want to get That was Chris Whelan, the founder of the Wellington Center of Business Excellence. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about business and how to make your business more successful. We talk about developing business processes, the one ten, 5 process, setting realistic business expectations from the very start, how to start with the end in mind and what you need to think about, how to turn a dream business into reality, how to grow your business, why you should start thinking about marketing as a real investment into your business and not just a cost. Chris Whelan has 20 years experience is an organizational transformational specialist with years of experience internationally and has worked in over five countries around the world. This episode is all about how to amplify your business and take it to the next stage. Welcome to the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival podcast, delivered to you by DHL. Kia how are you? Kia great. good to see you. Nice, I'm well, I'm well, thank you. Very good. I like to start the podcast like I do all the time, and I start with this very same question, and that question is, can you remember way back when you got your first ever job that you got any sort of money for, and whether that's with your parents or whatever that was, and then if you could sort of roll into your your career origin story, so your first ever career job, and maybe where you went to university, if you went to university, and then how you ended up in New Zealand. Sure. Yeah, that's
0: uh, thanks, Greg. I guess my first job thinking of course, you're, you're asking me to cross my mind back quite a distance. <laughs> my first job was probably what I would call standard eight. So you can hear from my accent, I'm South African. I'm Cape Capetonian by birth and, and very much uh, Wellingtonian by choice. So my first job would have been standard eight. So grade 11, uh, I was a waiter in a, in a steakhouse, a local steakhouse. Uh, and it was, you know, it was hard. yakka, I guess it was, it was hard, hard work, you know, young kid. Uh, Probably the big thing there was that it taught me the the value of customer service, uh, mm. customer service and and systems. What I call tabletop marketing. So you know, if you give a person a great meal, you actually you know they come back, they come back, and they come back, uh, and you systemize everything. So this was a this was a highly systemized steakhouse, uh, and that was as I say, standard eight, so grade eleven, uh, and I did that because you know needs must. You had to I had to have a job to get get some money into the into the environment. So that was yeah, way back in how old I've been, 15, 16 years old and I've been working in, in, in business ever since uh, as a Cape Townian by birth, well, by choice, I've lived in three countries, I lived in Australia for a while, went back to South Africa and really made the decision to to move to New Zealand because you know, I think this is paradise, this is a phenomenal part of the world. Uh, I've worked in, I've lived, so I lived in, in three countries, I've worked in over 20, China, Singapore, the US, the UK, um, different things. I studied two degrees, one in, in commerce and one what is called a master's in futures thinking, so foresight, so long term strategic thinking. Um, and as I've been in business now for over 25 years, I've owned and run a couple of them in the IT space, in the restaurant space, unsurprisingly. And and I really now, you know, I suppose you asked, me how did I land up here? I found my niche. I work with with business owners and with executives to to really make sure they can get to the next level of, of really high performance
1: and. Yeah, that's a little bit about my, my background. And so you've started the Center of Business Excellence. Can you tell our audience a little bit about or everything about that, actually? What, what is it?
0: Yeah, sure. The, I mean, the Center of Business Excellence, basically what, what I do is help, I work with business owners and with, with executives to make sure that they can get the maximum performance out of their business. it's like a sports coach lisa Carrington had a sports coach the all blacks have got a sports coach and i do the same for businesses to make sure that they actually get to the next level of high performance now it's it's a little bit difficult I suppose, to sum up in you know one or two sentences but really what that looks like is help them make more money create a profit build great teams great systems uh, and really get their mojo back in their business and that gives them the choice then to have the option to either replicate it spend more time with their loved ones you know you and I were chatting off camera earlier on. Time is a currency. Money's important, absolutely. Time is a currency. And so I work with business owners to get them more money, better teams, better systems, but ultimately is to give them free choice and to get them get them, them and their businesses to the, the really the optimum level of uh,
1: of high performance. So, what do you think are the ingredients needed to build a great business? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great question, Craig. I guess if I think about it, the words
0: that come to mind, are tenacity, integrity, perseverance. Those, you know, immediately come to mind. Um, and so too does, you know, I think I made a comment a moment ago about my first job: uh, relentless, absolutely relentless customer service. You know, those are those are things which we all know. Um, I guess the other thing, though, and on a more practical, pragmatic level, there's the mastery of the fundamentals, Craig. Yeah. And when I say mastery of the fundamentals, I mean things like direction. Firstly, absolutely know where you're going, why you want to get there. Um, And so that's your vision. It's your mission. It's your culture. If you don't know where you're going, the old adage is anywhere will do because you you never know quite when you get there. So Mm -hmm. direction, mastery, absolutely. Mastery of money. And it's not just the the financials in your business. It's actually knowing what uh, are the key numbers to measure so you can make decisions going forward. And that's not to say that accountants don't don't matter. Of course, they do. But often when you look at at your financial statements, it's looking back into the past. So it's, it's mastery of money, mastery of, of decisions, and then it's mastery of time. Uh, it's mastery of making sure that uh, you know, as a business owner, what the most valuable use of, of your time is uh, so that you can delegate, systemize, train your staff to do the other things. And then the other thing which is which really strikes me is delivery. So how consistent is your delivery of your service, your product, uh, the best way to build a business is to be consistently delivering great product, great service, because that brings people back and back and back. Now, there's other things, Greg, of course, you can talk about cash flow. Uh, businesses, interestingly, small businesses, in my experience, often don't fail because of a lack of profit. They fail because of poor management of cash flow. Uh, if you get that right, you're obviously in a good space. Um, I could go on. You, know, you need to make sure that you leverage your business, so doing ever more with ever less. And what do I mean by that? It's about systems and processes, making sure that they are well-defined, making sure that they are clearly understood and of high quality, because there's nothing worse than spending hours and hours and days or weeks developing a system that no one uses. Get those things right. Get the next level, get the team level right. Make sure that you've got the right people on the bus. If you do that, so you've got mastery of where you're going, you've got mastery of your money, you've got consistent cash flow, You've got your systems and your processes in place and you've got your team. That, Those four things, Craig, give you the, the ability then for the, as a business owner to move into what I call synergy. Uh, it allows you to have choice. And that choice could be to do it again. It could be to do it in a different location. Uh, it could be a range of things. But so those four fundamentals are, are, I think, essential.
1: question in regards to processes, mm. it's all different ways to document a process and each person like i'm a visual sort of person and having a whole bunch mm. of words this is not really wouldn't help me at all are there different types of processes and if there are can you sort of explain some of them and how, how to document like i'm just thinking myself as a business how on earth would i process um create a process like i've got a process for events and it's like a run mm-hmm. sheet i suppose do this do this do this do this do this and we check it and we make sure that it happens what does the business process look like oh
0: that's a I mean again great question I mean <clears throat> excuse me in my if I go back to my own background Craig uh, you know I work for Anderson Consulting Accenture Ernst Young. these are great companies don't get me wrong but often what you find in those situations is that there's a lot of exactly to your point there's a lot of emphasis on on the the words there's a lot of emphasis on on the uh, drawing it up the, the, the presentation I think you can keep it very, very simple. So if you and I sat down and we said, hey, listen, we're going to run an event in Rotorua. Um, the first thing I'll ask you is to, let's do a one a one 10 5 process. People look at me, what's a one ten five? 5 And a one ten five, 5 so is simply, it's in, in my own words, it's uh, what's the very first step you've got to do, right? Let's just say we're going to run a uh, whatever, mountain biking thing, or we're going to look at our order to cash cycle. What's the very first step in that process? Write that down. What's the 10th step? Now, it's not necessarily the 10th, but what's the final step in that process? So, you write that down. So, you've got the two ends, you bookend it. And then -hmm. the five, so one, is what's the middle thing you've got to do? And you can do that literally, Craig. You can do that in 10 minutes, right? So, Mm. at a very high level, what's your order to cash cycle? Well, the first thing is you better get a lead. And then at the end of that, you've got cash in the bank. Great. So, those are the two ends. What's the middle thing? Well, you've got to deliver the service. And you repeat that process. You break it down. You break it down. You break it down until you've got the whole thing mapped out. Um, I'm I'm with you. Um, we, you know, some people are visual, some people are auditory, some people are kinesthetic. Of I'm probably somewhere in the sort of visual and kinesthetic of thing. So I like to walk around, uh, and it could be sticking you know, sticky notes on a wall. But if you start with that 1105, pretty soon you've got a solid process, and you can interestingly you can roll it out to your team. They can do the same thing.
1: So you can start at the business level, but then you can break it down. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It
0: does.
1: (laughs) Do you think building a profitable business can be done quickly or do you think it needs to have a long-term plan? Mm. (laughs) You know, for cons, uh, which one of the languages where
0: I come from, they say, yeah, yeah, which means basically direct translation is yes and no. So (laughs) the answer is yes and no. I, I think very often, Craig, we, certainly what I've found in business is that people overestimate what they can get done in a year. I'm talking all of my work now, pretty much most of my work is with small and medium enterprises. Uh, Typically successful businesses actually that want to go to the next level. People often overestimate what they can achieve in a year, but at the same time they underestimate what they can achieve in five, seven, 10 years. Uh, And if I were to take a business from absolutely, from an idea to to total completion. So Mm -hmm. let's say, and, and typically what I've seen around the world, that's about a 10 year journey. So that's a long-term, it's a long-term game. But if you say to someone who's running a business, you know, they wanna do something different, they wanna do something better, and they think they can achieve the world in a, in, a, in a year, that's probably not accurate either. Potentially it is, I suppose, if you're very intense. So to my mind, we wanna keep that balance. You wanna make sure that you recognize, I'm gonna take the 10-year vision, I'm gonna break it down into five years, I'm gonna break it into three years, I'm gonna break it into a year, then I'm gonna break it into you know, monthly goals, um, but I do think that, so to answer your question directly, it's it's a both and; it's not an either or. Uh, I think that overestimating what you can do in the short term is, is a real danger because it can lead to you know despondency and failure. And then recognizing that consistent effort in the same direction over five, six, seven, ten years really can change can change an entire trajectory of a business and a, of, indeed of a person's life.
1: What do you think is a common mistake you see? new businesses making probably a couple of things that firstly underestimate the effort that's required
0: um <laughs> that's required we you know when you a lot of people talk about uh going from being an employee to being a business owner and they have what they you know some people refer to as an entrepreneurial seizure they think well hang on i understand
1: <laughs> you
0: know, I, i'm a plumber i'm a plumber right or, or i'm a hairdresser or i'm a an accountant or i'm an it guy Uh, And so I understand the technical aspects of running a business and my boss is an idiot, so I can do it better than they can. So I'll I'll go and do this myself. And they underestimate the effort that's required firstly, and they assume because they understand the technical detail of being a plumber or a builder or a carpenter or whatever, that they'll understand how to run a business. Uh, And that's not the same. The technical skills and the the ability to work on the business is quite different. So that for me is, is, uh, is a real
1: challenge for people might go back to um, what you're talking about before about building a profitable business and Mm. and processes. And as you know, everyone knows that in the last couple of years in the business world, it's been one of the most inconsistent, (laughs) let's say um, times or eras ever for business. So there's some businesses at the moment who are like, especially in the, the hospitality events as well, um, accommodation are uh, on the verge of saying well i i've either got to make a decision of, uh, to pull out right now and cut my mm. losses or move forward and forge through and, and make a plan to try and get through um the last the lack of business that we've had in the last two years mm. if mm. you were to meet a person who was in that position where they're about to say look i'm uh, my heart's telling me to pull out but but my bank's telling me to go forward all the other way around <laughs> what would you suggest one thing that they could do to make a decision sure yeah look i think
0: probably the biggest thing and i i think this is an important one too is to ask yourself or ask themselves excuse me what is it that you ultimately are trying to achieve uh, what you know start with the end in mind um, and if that is to get a salary then by all means you know stop doing the the working for yourself thing and go and get a job there's nothing wrong with it that's totally legitimate Uh, If it's to have freedom, if it's to have the ability not to have a boss, if it's to have, uh, you know, financial choices later on in life, then I would start with that and say, look, that's my goal. What do I need to do? What price am I prepared to pay to achieve that? I'll give you, I mean, if if I may, just 30 seconds on Saturday. Saturday has passed. I I went up Mount Coco, which is here in Wellington and was halfway up. Right. (laughs) And this chap came past me and it was an incredibly steep part of the track. And he asked me whether I whether I knew the, the track well. And I said, well, I hadn't been up in a couple of years. He said, well, let me tell you, you're almost at the top. Uh, it flattens out very shortly. You're almost at the top and and just keep going. And it really struck me, Craig, that that's such a great metaphor for business. You know, so you're saying the person's been through a couple of years of very, very tough times and, and it's been devastating for many people. Um, but you you know, if you can figure out what your goal is, and you know you're almost at the top of the hill uh, then the other piece of advice is to keep pushing because you just it's people stop and then they realize they were almost there uh, so you need to consider that very carefully if you're at the top of the hill you don't you can't necessarily see it but by pushing through the rewards come
1: what advice would you give someone who has a business idea but has not plucked up the courage to start <laughs> right yeah interesting um so
0: again i would go back to the thing of of what are your dreams and now that might sound a bit esoteric to a lot of people it might sound oh just what have dreams got to do with business i think they've got everything to do with business right because actually what are your dreams so you know and if i were to self-reference for a second what are my dreams Uh, what do i really want to achieve not just say this year or next year or next couple of years but long term and if i know that right so i've got this idea I know what my dreams are then take it and break it down into goals so, and make sure the goals are smart so that I can actually figure them out uh people then typically go from oh they've got a dream they've got some goals they're gonna make a plan i think that's wrong i think the first thing that that person that you mentioned who has got the idea first thing they need to do is to actually figure out what do they need to learn what new skills what new capabilities who do they need to become actually in many ways the different person that they're going to become version 2.0 of themselves. <laughs> Once they've got, got their dreams, they've got their goals, they figure figured out who they need to be and what they need to learn, then put the plan in place, and then take action. So it's a little bit of a, you know, it might sound a bit formulaic, but I think that gives them the best chance of success because it takes that great idea they've got and puts it into the context of, of where they want to get to and how they're going to get there. But, you know, the, the, each of their own different people do different things, but but that dream, goal,
1: learn, plan, act, I've seen it work every time. I'm going off script here, Chris, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> as, you've, as you've noticed, I do. What has been one of the most challenging times in your professional career? And how did you overcome it? Well,
0: sure. Okay. Time for a bit of honesty, I guess. Um, Let's put go. Put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's go. Yeah. For me, probably, Greg. And no, no, not. Let me not say probably. 100% certain. Um, I came across New Zealand uh, and took on a big role, uh, at a big corporate role, and in a, in a very interesting place, a great city. And you know, I, I can't pretend that, uh, that that was easy. You know, you move to a different country, different culture, uh, very, very challenging environment, politically very challenging, um, not uh, party political, but but business political. Um, and you know, that, that was challenging, um, it's, I left the role. So I was there for a couple of years. I left the role and had to really then re identify who I am as a person mm-hmm. and, and what I'm doing, I had to take the last 25 years of business experience and re mm-hmm. not repackage it, but, but replay as a, what matters, what really, really, really matters to me. So that professionally was, was very challenging. And of course you can't, uh, edit out the, the personal life, you know, so the professional stuff and the personal stuff are, are two peas in the same body so how did i overcome it well took a good hard look at myself so what matters to me um, what matters to my family uh, what do we want to achieve and we came up with a couple of things uh, not the least of which is that integrity matters to us and so you know <laughs> i don't mean to sound like a like some kind of weird preacher or something but if integrity matters to you then do the right thing first and, and let the rest follow itself and keep pushing. You know, reinvent yourself. Uh, rethink about what you're trying to do. Uh, take what's good from your from your from your history, from your heritage, and blend it to what matters in the future. And uh, yeah, just keep going. And, and as I, say, it's very important, I think, to and I say this to business owners all the time, to figure out where you want to get to. Start with that, but also figure out, you know, what's worked for you in the past, what hasn't worked for you, what needs to change, what do you need to do differently. And you know, I've done that over the last five six years. Um, so interestingly, sometimes, you know, you ask the question, what was hard? There's, there's no growth without some level of pain, um, some level of what I call perturbation. So you, you know, in order to change state, you've got to go through some kind of challenge. And on the one hand, if you asked me five, six years ago, would I like to have gone through it? The answer would have been absolutely not. <laughs> but if you asked me
1: today, was it worthwhile? The answer is absolutely yes. Interesting i'll give you an example of what happened to me so two years ago i was going for a jog, Mm -hmm. and it was the third week of our lockdown march 2020. i ended up not coming home for a month because i ended up having some heart difficulty and i had to get open heart surgery and a um, a, aortic valve replacement that no one knew that i had an aortic valve issue that that almost took my life um it wasn't anything to do with lifestyle choices it was just something that didn't grow right but mm. I got to that point and then I consciously said to myself i've got I've got an option here option mm. one is be um, look at my scenario and look like I'm the victim of a circumstance that's outside of my control or look mm. at the scenario and go like okay cool if I did die right now what regrets would I actually have had okay. so I made a conscious decision to go but well, my next 18 months is going to be to prove everyone that I, just because this is I've got something new in here and I've got a, I'm got in the zipper club doesn't mean that I can't do anything I've done <laughs> in the past. And that's exactly what I've done as well. It does yeah. not mean that, that um, an obstacle in your way is something that's going to stop you. It can actually be a stepping stone to make you better than a, what, what you were before, yeah. which yeah. it's definitely done for me. And I could, and it could easily have been on the other side of that, where you become the victim of your circumstance and think that everything's against you when actually it's not. You're lucky, we're lucky we live in New Zealand, we're lucky we have free healthcare, we're lucky I got, got to the right place, I'm lucky I, I fell over in front of a doctor's house. There's all sorts of things wow. that just happen to happen. Um, one thing I do know that, um, my dog did not run home and alert the family that I was sick, he just kept running. <laughs> no, <do it. laughs> but but uh, I read a really good book too from Ryan Holiday called "The Obstacle Is the Way," and I really would recommend anyone who's have fallen on hard times at the moment to read that book. And mm. it's use, using that um, use your obstacle as a stepping stone to to make yourself better, um, or to understand what better looks like for you. Yeah,
0: that's, um, I mean that's
1: uh, first. I commend you because that's
0: that's incredible. I mean that's 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 humbling for all of us. Uh, a mate of mine in Australia made the comment that uh, well, there's, there's no growth in a comfort zone. Um, <laughs> and from what you've just told me, that that's not just uncomfortable, that's life threatening and uncomfortable.
1: That's amazing, Craig. Well done. I appreciate that, yeah. Ah, oh, but, but it's just but then the funny thing is you think that an open heart surgery is actually a big deal. And so I said to the doctor, <laughs> yeah. I, I said to the doctor like, how often do you do these things? So you think it's quite uncommon, like oh, about ninety a week wow um and he said for me wow. it's just like like lifting up a bonnet of a car replacing a bit sewing you back up and normally you, it takes you about three months to get back to full health as long as you follow our instructions and away you go um sometimes wow. there's complications and your engine stops working forever but that's just that's just that's just some people um so i was like oh well thank you let's go <laughs> i'm ready and i
0: guess it goes back <laughs> to what uh, what we were saying earlier as well that time is a currency i think if we've got I think it worked it out one time if you, if you imagine that you live to 80 years old uh, and there's let's make it easy because i you know maths 50 times 50 weeks in a year and 80 is four just over four thousand weeks or something and you have an event like you've just had that pretty much sharpens your focus that's incredible
1: <laughs> that's such stuff uh yeah yeah for me anyway look i know what i know what's good for me mm. and i know what i'm mm. trying to achieve and um, I, I'm definitely going to get there, and I'm pretty much there sure. already. Sure. Um, let's move on. Um, so, <laughs> in terms of what would be your single most valuable piece of advice you'd give to a business trying to grow right now? Sure, I think. For, well, firstly, I mean, maybe, yeah, that's a
0: that's an interesting one. The first comment I want to make, even before giving anyone any advice, is just that uh, just to acknowledge how tough the last couple of years have been, I think you know, I think. Gave a talk a couple of couple of months ago up in Carpathy, um, and one of the things that's been challenging, I think, is, is watching people almost in society taking polarized positions. Uh, this crisis, this pandemic, will pass, uh, is is the first thing, and the thing that really needs to remain is is our relationships with each other. So, yeah, firstly, let's just acknowledge that things have been very very tough for a lot of people. Um, but if I were to give one piece of advice. It's, it will be this great. And that is that marketing is is an investment. It's not a it's not an expense. Too many people that I see think, oh, just can't spend that money because, you know, whatever, a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever it might be. And our accountants will tell us that that uh, marketing is an expense in the, on the P&L. And of course it is. But my advice to people is that marketing is an investment. If people don't know that your business exists, then pretty soon you won't. Right? If you if you don't know that uh, that Craig and Chris are there and that we're out to help people, uh, pretty soon you know that that's a problem. So the best marketing that you can possibly do right now is consistent marketing. It's visible marketing, and, and I don't mean you know big billboards or something. I mean talking to the whoever your target market is, talk to them consistently every single day. Uh, get out there, be consistent, uh, be compassionate of course as well, but make sure that your marketing is is something to do all the time. Never ever ever stop. And so, yeah, I think that's if they want to grow their business, focus on, on that one thing, consistent, diligent, ongoing marketing, ongoing talking to your to your, your uh, consumers.
1: What have been three pieces of business advice that you've been given that you've sort of implemented <laughs> in some way, shape or form in your career? Hmm. Three pieces of business advice. So, well, I suppose
0: more generally life advice, great. Uh, The first thing for me would be be authentic because only I can walk in my shoes, only you can walk in your shoes. Uh, I was living in Australia at the time when someone gave me that advice. Uh, I was shoulder tapped. I was very fortunate to go back to South Africa and take on my first chief executive role. And the person who'd run the organization before me was very successful. Um, As it turns out, we we were both at the same school, so it felt a little bit like I was going home. Um, But someone said to me, look, you can't be that chap. Uh, be authentic. Be yourself. So I think that's you know, and that's advice that that I would take and give to anyone because I can't walk in your shoes and, and similarly the other way around. The the second thing that I think is is really useful um, is to listen, look around, learn, and then lead. So listen first, look around, get to get a sense of of the of the place that you're in or the organisation you're in, and then lead. And why do I say that? Because, again, we can't assume because we've got some insight into something that, that we know it all. Uh, there's lots of things that other people can teach us uh, and listening to them uh, it really does matter. Uh, people, uh, everything for me starts with with people that sounds, you know, we all say that. But that means the, the advice is that we genuinely need to make sure that we're listening. Uh, and we're not just listening to, to respond, we're listening to actually understand, so that's the second piece, um, and then f- again, the, probably the third piece, Craig, for me is work harder on yourself than you do on your business. Um, I think you know people talk about how do I future-proof my business? Well, the short answer is you don't, it's because businesses don't get stuck; people get stuck. Uh, so work harder on yourself than you do on your business, and if you improve yourself, your business will take care of itself. Does that does that make sense? Those three pieces of, of it. Well, look, I mean. Those that, that's what I was given, so and I think they 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 really are sound.
1: Absolutely, especially that last one's about self-awareness um, and understanding where your weaknesses are, or not even weaknesses, where where you feel that you could grow a little bit more, whether that's in the empathy space or how you talk to your um, your team or the values that you you follow or what, whatever that might be. But this understanding that 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 there's there's room to grow. <laughs> Every day I feel like, uh, personally, I feel like like even this morning I was chatting to someone and originally the, I was, they sent me all these, asked me all these different things. I was like, why is this person asking me all these things? Um, <laughs> and then I realized, actually, I can just learn, learn from this person because he's really experienced in, in his role and it's going to actually help me grow as a person as well. So um, I, I got on my heels a little bit to start with and now I'm rolling with thing. Actually, this is actually a good thing. He's testing me up. That's good.
0: No, I think the other
1: point is that we can learn from
0: uh, people that are senior to us. We can learn from people that are alongside us. And we've learned from people that, that might be junior to us. Uh, one of the real joys that, you know, again, self referencing but one of the real joys that I have as, as a business coach is watching how my clients grow. Um, and hopefully they, you know, hopefully they say clients, but I mean they're customers. They, 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 some of them have become friends. Hopefully they're learning something from me, but I'm learning from them every day as well. Uh, and I think that's, you've got to have a curiosity then. You've actually got to say, I want to learn. Um, mm. you know, if you, as soon as you start saying, I know, you, you
1: shut off the ability to learn new stuff. A few more questions to go. Mm. Um, and this was going to be the second question, but I'm going to throw it into the last, or third to last question. What brand has had the most significant impact on you and why? <laughs> okay.
0: That's an interesting one. I think there's, there's positive brands and negative brands and I'm going to start mm-hmm. with a negative, if you, if you forgive me. Um, okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of a, I don't know if I had it in New Zealand, a thing called Chesterfield cigarettes. Um, yeah. It's just a particular type of cigarette. Um, yeah. I I grew up in a family where, where my parents smoked, so I guess back in the day that was normal. Now, look, if you smoke, have at it, go wild. I'm not, you know, each, each to their own, but. That was an interesting thing because it was a brand that was pumped heavily, uh, but and it had an impact on me because I I just hated cigarettes, um, hated them with a the passion. So on the one hand, that's that's a negative. And uh, thinking about it, you know, that had a big impact. But and then I started to you know bouncing around what what brand really mattered to me, and it could have been Coke because Coke adds life, and you know, there's a whole lot of these positive things. And people talk about Apple and the computers. I think possibly one of the biggest impacts. And this is going to sound weird for, for a South African. I'm about to say something very controversial. One of the biggest brands and impact on me is the All Blacks.
1: I knew you were uh, going to say that. <laughs> when <you> said, <laughs> really? when you
0: said from a South African, this is going to yeah, be no, exactly. <laughs> I, I can remember, was it 1976? So that kind of dates me a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> getting up at about 4 30 in the morning, Craig, and walking from my parents' house to Newlands Rugby Stadium, I think it was 76, because the All Blacks were playing the Springboks. Now, Obviously, the Springboks, you know, my heritage, but the All Blacks are a brand. They're, they're a brand, and they're probably the greatest rugby team in the in the universe. Uh, and I remember walking at four thirty in the morning, walking probably ten k's to get to the, the ground, queuing outside until eight thirty when they opened the ground so the little kids could get inside. And and it's, it was the legends. Oh, you know, back in the day, Sid Going, I think, was the led the haka that day. Um, you know, if I think of Sid Going, I think of Andy Hayden. I think of Murray Maxted, I mean, all the way through to the the modern greats, and I don't know when. When I think about that, that absolutely has impacted me because it's drawn me to this mysterious land of the Long White Cloud. I mean, you know, it's changed my life in in some respects. So I don't know that. That probably is a bit weird to think about. You know, the All Blacks in that way. Um, I remember the first one of the first times I came to New Zealand. My family and I hopped in a car, and we did a southern tour. We went down to Invercargill. Um, why? Because I'd listened to the All Blacks brand on the radio when I was a kid growing up. And I remember the people going, you know, playing a match in McCall. So I went to visit. It.
1: So that's had a huge, a huge impact. <laughs> a bit strange, but it's had a huge impact on my life. Oh, it's an absolute weapon of a brand, <laughs> without doubt. Yeah, Jonah Lomu um, exactly. did it's wonders stuff, actually for... Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I can I can picture some of the the great moments that he had on the rugby field, but also some of the great moments that he had off the rugby field and how he helped. Yeah. Um, encourage people to come to New Zealand and bring more awareness about rugby and specifically mm. the All Blacks in New Zealand globally which is, which is super cool.
0: I think you should ask Mike cat what he remembers about Jonah Lomond.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Getting, getting run over.
1: <laughs> a lot of people got run over by Jonah Lomond. <laughs> exactly. exactly. What sort of like, you sound like you're a pretty pretty busy dude. What sort mm. of Content? Do you consume, or how did? What's your, what's your escapism to, to get get out of work zone and, and just like relax and, and just cruise? Sorry, the reason I
0: turned there is that I actually that's a. I don't know. Can you see that? Oops. If I hold it at the right level. Yep. So that's a book which I recommend to anyone, and it goes. It sticks with the with the uh, with the rugby theme. It's Legacy by James Kerr. Oh. It's fifteen little. Uh, business lessons or lessons in business, but it's all based on the All Blacks. It's all based on uh, it starts off with sweep the sheds It's saying even the senior All Blacks, you know, they they clean up the change room afterwards. Um, so yeah, sure, I'm busy but but books like that, I, I tend to eat them, you know, I'm quite voracious. Uh, so quite enjoy the sports books and the lessons because there's, transfer, there's transferable lessons there. Uh, John Maxwell I'm, I'm pretty keen on. Uh, as a business coach, I'm also certified with Paul Goldsmith. He's written a book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. So, you know, your heritage is important understanding it, but you also need to look to the future. Um, guys like Ken Blanchard, any of the, Ken Blanchard writes a tiny book called The One Minute Manager. Uh, mm. So I, I pretty much enjoy watching that, uh, sorry, reading that. Uh, and then, you know, podcasts, guys like Neil Ferguson in the UK, who talks about what makes economies, economies grow. Uh, I tend to, I tend to watch a fair amount of that. Um, yeah so th- those are those are the serious things Craig um, I guess there's the less serious things like the, the comedy shows and people like Trevor Noah, who I think mm-hmm. is, is he's absolutely hilarious um but yeah in terms of business it's, it's the ones I've mentioned
1: how can somebody out there who needs some support in their business get in contact with you oh easy Firstly, get a hold of you because you've got my details. Um, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, you know, you've got my details. But if they wanted to give me a call, they could give my mobile. It's no secret. It's zero triple two double three two double six nine. If they wanted to go have a look at my website, it's thecenterofbusinessexcellence dot com. It's all one word and it's quite it's quite uh, long. But or they can give me an email at chris at thecenterofbusinessexcellence dot com. Uh, and you know, it's interesting, Craig, because I am all about having conversations with people Uh, and so there might be things that in my 25 years or so can help them shift to that next level but in the worst case if they get hold of me they'll get a couple of good ideas hopefully
1: who do you think would be
0: a good guess for this podcast (laughs) i think there's so much crossover with sport craig Mm. and so people like and it's not to say these are the only people but people like uh, sir graham henry what a you know the guy's done it, he's been there, he's done that. Um, and what I've seen in the last couple of years is that people building teams, attracting, retaining, growing the best off have been really challenging. But someone like Sir Graham Henry could speak to them, well, about anything, but about that too. Um, in December, so once once every quarter as a, as a business organization, we bring all of our clients together. We do what we call a growth club, we've got one coming up uh, in May. So at these quarterly growth clubs, you know, bringing everyone together, a bit of teaching, a bit of learning, planning for the next 90 days. We had a guy called Sir Graham Lowe, who's a Kiwi, who you presumably know. Most people know him, obviously. uh,
1: Rugby league. Rugby league. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. He's the legend. He he coached Queensland. Um, Exactly. First Kiwi to or first person from outside of Australia to coach a state of origin (laughs) team. He's he's a a hero. (laughs) Exactly. So Sir Graham
0: came along. And it was all at that point. It was December the third or something, so all uh, Zoom and virtual. All he did was speak about resilience. Now I didn't realize this at the time, or sorry, before we met him, but you know he had a aneurysm when he was in mm. in Australia. So he spoke about resilience. Now you look at that and think, well, hang on, this is a personal story of his, but the lessons in business were massive. Um, and everyone, there were sort of forty or fifty people in that in that session. Everyone was like, wow. You know, Graham Low, so people like Graham Henry, Graham Lowe, um, sticking with the sport. People like Lisa Carrington or you know Sophie oh, Pascoe or something. Yeah. you know, say hey, listen, what did you, what did it take? So if, if I was talking to Lisa Carrington, I'd like to know what did it take to plan so far ahead, or you know Sophie Pascoe so plan so far ahead, um, and then how did you actually go about executing? Uh, so I, as I like, I like the uh, the crossovers into taking things out of one sector, which this case, sport. And there's so many lessons that we can learn from from these elite sports people.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, so th- those would be people I would I would certainly tune in to listen to. Mm. There's actually a good podcast out there that I, I was listening to, haven't done for a while, called the High Performance Podcast, where they actually do the um, interview a lot of, it's a business podcast. So they interview high performing right. leaders, high performing. Mm. And during the Olympics, when the Olympics were on, I, I was listening to quite a few when they were they were interviewing former olympic champions and 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 just the process that they went through mm. from training to get to you know if they're, they're trying to get a gold or a medal or whatever whatever their the ambition was oh that's good i don't know um any of their phone numbers but it's <laughs> I'll, I'll, um i would like to have all three of those all four of those guests on the on the podcast so i'll try and reach out to them um yeah but uh, chris this has been a really cool podcast i really do appreciate your time I've learned a lot myself, you, yeah. and um, we will make sure that we have your email address—probably not your phone number—and <laughs> and your website in the show notes. Absolutely. So this will go out on on the Spotify and Apple and Google and all the regular sort of podcast platforms. Um, and some, and we'll and we'll make sure that we we link you in LinkedIn as well. But hey, um, for thank you very much for your time. It is very much appreciated, and and you've been very generous with your um, knowledge and insights about business. Now, Craig, it's from my
0: side. It's it's been a pleasure. Next time I'm up in Rotorua, I'm going to stop by. We're going to grab a coffee or we'll do the same down in Wellington. It's you know, I suppose the final thing I'd say is that the ability to engage with with, with business owners. The reason I do what I do, and, and the great pleasure of being on your podcast, is that if we can change one business, employ one new person, and do that 10 times, there's 10 families that get infected, uh, it makes a big difference in, in society. Mate. I know people you know, say that business is business, of course it is, but uh, ultimately it's about creating prosperous communities, so thank you so much for having me, I really, really have enjoyed being here.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Podcast. We really do appreciate your time. Hey, if you've got a little bit of extra time, it would be awesome if you could give us a bit of a review or a like or a share. Or just subscribe so you listen to the next one. Did you know that we actually have a physical event in Auckland? Yep, that's right. November the 8th and 9th at the Vodafone Event Centre. Jump on to for all the details. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast.